0: Yeah, I think that that was kind of actually what what gave me the strength to um, say fuck it. I'm gonna be
1: shitty at something. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for coming on.
0: Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to chat.
1: Yes, likewise. I'm a big fan, uh, obviously, because we're in similar spheres, you know, of content. And so, you know, just wanted to kick it off. What are the ingredients to a, a really good question?
0: ooh, that that's a great question. Um, wow. I think that it's less about the question and mm. more about knowing where to put a question,
1: oh, okay, For example,
0: Like, I think that w- at least when I ask questions, I'm looking for what matters to the other person. Mm -hmm. And I think that the kind of the magic comes less from like the exact thing that I say, but more in like the space that you press for more. So if I can feel like somebody is, um, they, you know, give a little bit and I can sense that there's a deep well In the part that they just said, it's like asking for a specific, asking like, why, how, like, sometimes I just say, say more, you know, like it's, it's not really like a genius, like, oh, I'm coming up with this magical potion of a question. It's, I think it's just like, you know, knowing when somebody has something that they really want to share, but they maybe need a little bit more of a nudge to open it up.
1: Hmm. So it sounds like, you know, whenever you're hearing something from someone, there are a million different directions you could take the conversation based off of what they said. And it's this ability to kind of, you know, feel out and sense, you know, which of those directions, you know, kind of has that deep, well, as you said, there's this, you know, a, a EQ piece of it, which I love. Do you think that's something that people can develop if they're interested in asking better questions?
0: Oh, 100%. One hundred percent. I think I kind of think like beyond, you know, like there are definitely some things like, you know, physical limitations that will prevent you from doing like certain things or whatever. But I think like for the most part, anyone can can like develop and get really good at a skill that they don't have yet.
1: Mm, and so has that sixth, sixth sense, I would call it, always been something you had? Or is that something you had to cultivate?
0: I think that the asking questions specifically is something that I've always had. But I've had to cultivate several other things that like, are working in tandem with it for me to be able to do what I'm doing. Does that make sense?
1: Yes, it, it does. And could you dive a little bit into what are some of those Skills, I would call them, that you had to develop that complements kind of that sixth sense that you've always had?
0: Yeah. Well, so, okay, for example, um, I, before I was doing social media short form content, I was doing a podcast and it's linked in my bio right now. And I'll probably bring it back like eventually when I am able to expand more. Um, but like, for example, I was lugging a suitcase full of equipment in and out of people's houses, you know, and doing a set, like setting up what essentially a production crew would set up. And then I'd edit all of the episodes. So it's hours and hours and hours and hours of going through multiple times, like leveling all the audio, right? Like all of this work, this huge lift. And then you put out the episode and, um, nobody hears it. Right. Like, or, or the little small community that you, that of your friends and people who know you and know what you're doing, hear it. Um, but you know, for some reason, like the, short form interviews have reached people that that I've been doing. And the journey from lugging that gigantic suitcase and going through this whole, you know, learning how to edit, learning how to set, do all of the equipment and set it up and and, um, all of that, the journey from that to doing what I'm doing now was like, a huge, huge expanse of experimentation and questions. And it's like, how long should the podcast episode be? Where does it go? How do I, you know, and it, it's just, so the question is like the innate thing, but how do you make use of the skill? You know, and I think figuring out how to make use of something that you're naturally good at is like just such a complex journey of experimentation and um, struggle
1: (laughs) a thousand percent i think because when it comes to a hard skill you know say someone is really good at sports or painting it's very clear on how they can translate and transition that skill to you know something that they can apply to the real world but then if you think about it you know this uh, ability to listen well and you know have High emotional intelligence in situations is a soft skill, and so it's like the challenge that I'm that you're speaking of is how can you retranslate this soft skill that it isn't as clear as to you know how we can bring this to life you know in our contents, which I think you know you have done beautifully. Uh, another, go ahead.
0: Oh no, I thank you. Um, I was just going to say that I think, um, I think that the person with the hard skill that is easily um made use of probably has other skills you know that are crucial for them to make use of the hard skill that they struggle with right it's like everybody is is blessed and cursed with their own little mix of strengths and weaknesses and i feel like it's such a it it can get like really dark and really difficult for like anybody because you don't know where people's weak points are you know what i mean
1: completely and it sounds like that journey of figuring out you know what that mix is for um each individual is so difficult and i imagine you went through something similar if i were to guess Mm. Mm -hmm. yeah what did that look like for you
0: oh my god (laughs) i mean well before you know like the before interviewing it was music like i was i was really chasing i was performing i was chasing music really really hard and before music it was writing and i was going to be a, i wanted to be a spoken word poet and you know it's just like it goes so far back like i've spent years and years switching between different mediums and it's been like really wonderful and also really agonizing because at some point you realize like, wait, I'm jumping from thing to thing. And am I following my creative intuition or am I, am I like running from the pain that is required to do what we're talking about? Like get really good at something or like work at the skills that support the thing that you're naturally good at that are like, do not come natural to you.
1: Yes. This idea of throwing a bunch of things against the wall and, you know, seeing what sticks is is a similar journey that I've experienced as well. And it's funny how we both, you know, kind of ended up at interviewing, which I think is really cool. You know, one thing you talked about earlier was where you are now, the first door got opened from, you know, you doing, you know, the entire like video production, um, interviews, you know, for your sit on the floor podcast. And I, I think that concept is so beautiful because it's this idea of, I don't know what the future will look like. And if I open this door, you know, who knows where this door could lead to. I have no idea. All I know is that inaction is not going to lead anywhere. So I just have to take a step forward in some type of direction and, uh, hope that the clarity of my vision will get crystallized and, you know, sounds like, you know, that has been, you know, happening, you know, for you lately. Uh, and so I think that's, uh, I get goosebumps thinking about that.
0: Yeah. Well, can I, can I also ask you like what, yeah. uh, what you're kind of like throwing things at the wall and experimenting has looked like?
1: Yeah, for sure. So before, before street interviewing, it was a cinema like cinematic uh, hiking YouTube channel, uh, which was really cool. I started that over the pandemic. That one was beautiful because that one was purely like a creative aspect, and I didn't create with the intent of you know having people look at it. It was just something that I wanted to cultivate, but ultimately you know switched to something else. I think before that, it was a blog about. Branding and uh, how companies can use that. Um, how companies can use what has been written in the past to apply to you know what they're doing in in the modern day. Um, so that was really cool, and it, it's funny because this idea of switching the things that I did or hobbies like goes all the way back to like when I was like in middle school, and so you know that has been like a fascinating reflection in terms of okay, so. Why am I like this, and like how can I use that to my advantage? And also, what do I need to commit to? Because you know, the person that ch- chases all rabbits, you know, doesn't get any of them. And mm. so uh, that w- that has been a a long thought process and a reflection. You know, I finally come to.
0: Well said.
1: Yeah, uh, a thousand percent. And so I I loved kind of hearing like the parallels uh, in our journey. So. Um, You know, after, you know, looking at some of the videos you've posted in the past, so it seems like, you know, kind of the uh, first video you made that really started to gain traction was um, three things I tell myself when I'm embarrassed. And it was uh, a clip of you at the gym, (laughs) super sweaty, which I thought was awesome. And so do you kind of remember what your thoughts and headspace were at kind of, you know, when you started to see traction on that video?
0: You know, okay, that's so like... That's so um, impressive of you to have done that, like level of research. But what's funny, and what hmm. you wouldn't be able to know from looking at that is that actually got a bunch of that picked up after other videos had picked up. Oh, got it got, so it. got funny. it. Like, got <laughs> it. A few people had had liked that, and then, um, <laughs> and then it just the algorithm, I guess, went back in time and grabbed it and just sent it out. And I was like, "Really, that one? Okay." <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, that, that's awesome! I think that's one good thing about you know having a, a strong niche with the content that you make is people can look back and you know enjoy that content as well. So um, it seems then you know kind of the the next video that went viral. And let me know if this was "quote unquote" maybe the first one, which was why you will marry the wrong person. Um, And uh, it was a quote, there's no perfect partner. There is who you make it work with. Uh, Do you kind of remember what your headspace was when that video started taking off? Because that was the next one that popped off.
0: Yeah, so I can tell you. um, So I, before I started the Instagram, I posted on TikTok every single day for over a year. I like four hundred twenty something days in a row,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, and most of them were only got only a couple hundred views. Yes, um, because I wasn't. I didn't know what I was doing, and I wasn't thinking about how to like reach or speak to other people. I was just trying to say things that made sense to me, and then just sort of sending them out into the ether. Um, and it was not until I was having a conversation with somebody and it kind of came to this head of, like, I should set a growth goal. Like, I'd been doing it for over a year. And I I, I had had just a few videos that had, you know, gone a little bit viral, Um And yeah, the growth goal is really what kind of set everything else in motion Um, because I started looking at what was working for other people and I started uh, using their sort of like the format that they would structure a video in and I even used hooks that other people like topics that other people were talking about that I wouldn't necessarily think to talk about. And then I would write my own content. And those were the first couple of videos on TikTok. And one of them is the one that you just mentioned mm. that really blew up and it freaked me the heck out. And I was like, <laughs> not gonna, great that that worked. I didn't expect it to work like that, you know? So, but yeah. anyway, yeah, that's.
1: Yeah, it sounds like, you started putting a lot of intentionality behind, you know, kind of the content that you made and the strategy behind it. One thing that I think is very telling Steph, is clearly there's a need in the market for the type of content that you make. And where do you think that comes from for people? I have kind Mm. of some thoughts, um, but I would love to hear your perspective.
0: That's interesting. I haven't thought about that, but I, um, yeah, I'm I'm excited to hear what you have to say about it.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um,
0: I I think that I
2: have just been trying to
0: follow what I need in content yeah. like I and then figuring out how do I I've been doing that for the whole time, but that now now it's more like how do I frame it in a way that like is clear and lands with others. But I think for me, like if I think about what I am looking for in media content, in my day-to-day interactions overall in life, it's things that are honest. honest, and meaningful and like inspiring and that make you feel connected to other people. So that's kind of my answer for myself. And I guess I would assume or, or hope that that is also the same for like people who are enjoying what I'm making.
1: Yeah. And I think you, or your content definitely gives off that energy. You know, it's interesting, you know, you mentioned you created the content that you needed yourself. And, you know, what you specifically needed was, you know, there was kind of this, you know, yearning for, you know, authentic and, you know, genuine content that just kind of made you feel good after watching it. You know, it it was interesting, you know, as I kind of ponder on that question for myself, you know, I, I think it's interesting to think about how, lonely and unconnected people can feel like in the current day and age I, I think for me you know specifically like in the street interview world it's like incredible to see how many people I talked to who were yearning for some sort of you know authentic connection or an encouraging word you know because that's something that they have been so starved of and so you know this ability to you know see that happen you know kind of through your screen, you know, with the content that you make is, you know, a, a huge reason that I think, you know, people resonate with it so much. And so, Steph, you know, as I scroll through your videos, you know, you have so many, you know, incredible questions, um, and meaningful, you know, kind of prompts, you know, to talk to people with, are those questions, questions that you wish you had been asked before?
2: Mm-hmm. not necessarily
0: i think that oh well i guess yeah it's funny um when i make videos that are like more tactical about how to ask questions or these are the things that you can say it's more like i feel like it looks like i'm sitting down and trying to brainstorm these things and it and then I'm employing them with people, but it actually is like the other way around. It's more like it's kind of just in my the way that I engage with people. And then I'm sitting down going, okay, what do I say to people? Like how does this, how did these uh interactions happen? What am I doing? What am I saying? And then I'm sharing that. So it's not necessarily like, I want people to ask me these questions. It's more like, these are the things that I like tend to ask in, uh, as an attempt to really see another person. And so I don't necessarily have specific questions that I want somebody to ask me, but I do want to be seen in the way that I'm trying to see other people.
1: Yeah, you know, with communication, you know, we're given this incredible opportunity to really help people feel seen, heard, felt, and understood in such a beautiful way. When is the last time that has happened for you?
0: Ooh, you know, it's really, that's a really good question because it doesn't, it's not, I just feel like it's kind of rare, you know, like um, in general. In general, I feel like in in a lot of environments, in a lot of, um, I don't know, just people are just not like interested in really seeing people. Um, But yeah, I guess I would say like my close relationships like are really wonderful and I feel very, very seen and like understood by those people.
1: You touch on something that I've given a lot of reflection on, you know, this kind of idea of how most of our day-to-day reaction, or um, interactions tend to go and how I've kind of framed it is they are done, you know, in service to get to know you, but not done in the service to get to understand you. Mm-hmm. And I think when we can start to, you know, ask, you know, those type of questions to, see why someone ticks and and have that, you know, kind of answer why they did what they did. I think we can begin to, you know, really uncover, you know, some beautiful things about people, you know, which Mm -hmm. um, I've had some, you know, like really memorable experiences about. And so, okay, so, you know, that, um, that video popped off where you mentioned, um, you know, there's no perfect partner, uh, there's who you make it work with. And then, you know, it was really cool to see you, you know, take what you've been talking about and apply that to, you know, talking to people and creating content from that. What was kind of your first experience, you know, doing that? Because uh, I'm sure that was uh, a story in itself.
0: Yeah, no, that's a great, that's a fantastic question. I um, I was doing and, and I'm still going to do the talking head videos because that is, was the easiest thing for me to sustain, to hit my daily rule. Like to do one every day was really intense. And I I did transition out of that because I feel like I got what it, what I was looking for from it. But when I first started that format, I was like, okay, what can I definitely do every single day? And it's me sitting in a room by myself with my thoughts and writing and then speaking my thoughts that works. So um, the interview, when I posted the first interview with Charles, I was thinking, There's, this isn't going to perform well because it's totally different from everything else that I've been doing. But I'm just going to throw it out there. I'm just going to throw it out there. And then it blew all of the other highest performing videos out of the water. And I thought, oh, okay, if I if I could put something out that was like actually me creating, not that the other videos weren't creative, but I feel like it's a bit more artistic and a bit more of my creative voice um, and not so focused on me, I was like, if I can put that out and, and that is doing well and people like that. Now this is the podcast interviewing. This is my curiosity and fascination with other people. These are all these things that I have been carrying and have wanted to share. And and it, it got through. Okay. Perfect. Like if that gets through, like that's what I want to do. So it's probably going to be a mix of the two formats. And then I'm going to add in other ones, like as I continue to grow, but, um, I was shocked and thrilled when that actually um, resonated with people.
1: Yeah, I, I'm sure pleasant surprise is an understatement. And, you know, that type of content, as you mentioned, you know, it's so much different because, you know, there's, you know, one thing to, you know, kind of be sitting at our desk by ourselves, creating content. And there's another to, you know, actually be, you know, using this gift that's so important to us, you know, to connect with other people. And uh, I'm glad you got to share Charles's story, you know, from that as your first video. Uh, I'm not surprised it blew up. You know, one thing you mentioned was, and why you were so happy that, you know, um, that format performed well is because, you know, it teed you up to, you know, really get into things that, you know, you are really interested in down the line. And one of the things you said is, you know, so, it's so important to you to, you know, see and understand other people. You know, where does that come from for you, uh, Steph?
0: The need to see and understand people?
1: Yes, and care for them.
0: Um, I
2: think that, so my
0: friend told me this, uh, religious story called breaking of the vessels and i believe it's a jewish story but it's something like the world was a ball of light i'm gonna get this wrong so i like i'm gonna i'm gonna mess it up a little bit like i'm sure there's a lot more to it but no worries it's like there was this Huge ball of light, it couldn't be contained and it exploded. And then the bits of light scattered about the world. And now it's our job to go find those pieces of light and uncover them. And that's kind of how I see it. It's like I see it like there's a piece of light in everybody, and I'm interested in uncovering the piece of light in myself and in other people, and then like sharing that with others.
1: Wow, that is a a beautiful story. I'll have to look into that. I I think this relentless sense of optimism to see that in everyone, I think is something so beautiful, you know, especially, you know, in, in a world where sometimes we can be You know, standoffish, you know, towards strangers or, you know, feel like, why do I need to make the effort to talk to that stranger? You know, like I just want to keep to myself. I I think that's something that I'm going to try and remind myself of, you know, in times where, you know, I feel those things. Um, so that's a beautiful story. You know, um, it's interesting stuff. One thing you touched upon earlier was you posted on TikTok for so long without seeing any traction and from what we've been talking about you know that seemed to be you know uncharacteristic because you know before you know you would switch between your know, different activities and so what helped you stay 10 toes down and keep your feet to the ground to be able to maintain that regardless of the end results
0: that is a really great question um because you are kind of poking at the i think the the kernel like the key to what has um gone well for me recently and um it was when i first started it i started it the first video i made i remember it was so stupid it was literally just me like i i I came up with this idea at uh, my friend's house on cape cod and i looked at her and i was like you know what i should do I should share a thought on TikTok every day. And she's like, "Uh uh-huh. And I'm like, no, this is the best idea I've ever come up with. She's one of my, like, few friends who's been listening to me come up with ideas for, like, a decade now. She's like, Mm. okay, Steph, like, good one. (laughs) I'm like, (laughs) it'll be great. Like, I, like, went into the bedroom and I was just like, I've always wanted to share my thoughts. And so here's my first one. <laughs> That's like the video.
1: I need to go find that.
0: <laughs> oh my God! It's you'll have to scroll back so far. But um, I the what kept me going with it was it was a rule. I kid you not, Timothy. It was like I for some reason when I put out that and I felt it too. I felt it when I put it out. I was like, this is this is the thing like I'm going to do this every single day no matter what I'm not going to miss a day it doesn't matter how ugly I feel like I look it doesn't matter how stupid I think I sound it doesn't matter if I if I like if I get to the end of the day and I make something and I don't like it and it's shitty I still have to post it I cannot miss a day and um and it was like the willingness to be shitty It was the willingness to be bad at it and to have it be feel embarrassing and icky and ugly. And then what would happen is I would post it and then I'd wake up the next day. I would wake up the next day and I'd go, oh, my God, I didn't explode. That is crazy. It's crazy. (laughs) Like putting yourself on. It's a scary. It's scary. You know, it was like probably one of the things that I was the most afraid of, but one of the things that I most wanted to do. So it was sticking to the rule, no matter how stupid or bad I felt like it was that, um, that like changed the course for me.
1: And naturally, Steph, I'm sure you can imagine, you know, what the next question is, because, you know, I'm dying to know, but where did that rule come from? Because I'm sure there's a lot of deliberation and moments in your life that made you want to finally, you know, commit to that.
0: Yeah, you know, um, I think it came from, I think actually the format came from the rule now that I think about it. Like, Mm. I think I was... I had switched between so many different artistic mediums, and I'd gotten caught in so many spells of like inaction due to perfectionism, that I was like desperately searching for something that I felt like I could complete every day. I was I was dying to find something that I, I like. What is something I can do where I'm like, this is fine, and so I felt like. TikTok specifically, which it's super funny because that's not like the TikTok is not um, like the Instagram is the one that is doing really well. Uh so funny, but I just felt like it was something that I could do. It was a small enough bite for me to chew. So I was looking for something that I could have that, cons- that I could consistently complete. And then that's kind of what I landed on.
1: Another beautiful parallel stuff. So I started the same way, actually. Yeah, so,
0: tell, me, tell me about it.
1: Yeah. And the idea is pretty much what you said. I just, you know, have thought about it and worded it a little bit differently, but, you know, all, you know, I mean the same thing. So when I started, I was at a point where I was like, my muscle. To deal with long-term gratification is so weak. And my muscle for short-term gratification is so strong in such a negative way. And I'm like, I just want to do something without changing, pivoting, or switching, regardless of the results that I'm seeing from it. Just so I can continue to get reps in for this muscle, this, you know, figurative muscle of you know long-term gratification. Because the one thing I knew, you know, at that point was whatever big dreams that I want to accomplish in life is going to require that muscle to be like so strong, you know, to, you know, continue to act regardless of, you know, the results that we see, days, weeks, or months. And so um my time frame was a little bit shorter than you though. I I really commend you for you know sticking through it for a whole year. Um, but mine was um three months posting twice a day um without seeing any traction. And then at the end of those three months, I got a little bit of a response, you know, from the algorithm. And I was like, hey, like I think there's something here.
0: On Instagram, TikTok, or both? Uh TikTok. Nice. Nice. Wow. Oh, that's that's so awesome. I'm and so to- it's so important. It's so important.
1: Yes. And so where are you in terms of, you know, your ability to stick it out over the long term now?
0: Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I'm in a separate (laughs) than where I was before. Um, I think that I think that like more important than the willingness to stick it out is the willingness to be bad. That's Mm. the part that I really, because you have to be willing to be, to be bad in order to be willing to stick it out. You know, I guess they go like hand in hand, but it's like, I wasn't willing. I my I was too attached to the egotistical, like everything I has, I put out has to make the earth stop turning. And it's like, okay, well that's wonderful. But like, but no one is seeing it. You know, like so I don't know. It's I was just you know what? Like I'm going to do this over and over and over again and I'm going to suck at it and I'm not good at it and that's fine. Like it's not the end of the world if I put out stories or thoughts or whatever that I think are that I can see myself are not great, you know, but um yeah, I'm a lot farther than I was with that skill. It feels very strong.
1: <laughs> Do you feel comfortable if we talk about your dad?
0: Oh yes, for sure. Yeah.
1: So you know, um, as you know, I was kind of you know looking through the content that you've made. You know, I also went through your podcast episodes and you know saw the two episodes that you did with your dad. Or maybe there's more, but I saw the letter and then also saw you know kind of that you know last conversation. Um, that you had with him where he mentioned to you that he was at peace. Mm. And so the experience that you went through with your dad stuff, has that influenced how you're living your life now and what has changed?
0: Yeah, I think that that was kind of actually what what gave me the strength to um, say, fuck it. I'm going to be shitty at something like that. It it gave me a, an enormous sense of urgency. And it also like basically what it the way it made me feel is, oh, my God. This gets this dark on its own. Like like life gets this dark without any of my help okay, like you want to take, you want to take my favorite person in the entire world away from me and make me watch him wither? You want to do that? Fine. That means I am not going to waste another second of this beautiful and precious life. That's how that made me feel. Like, it was just so it was such a horrific thing. and um, it just made me feel like, okay, like all of these incredibly deep, far-reaching insecurities that have claws around my brain, like I don't like it, physical insecurity or you know, egotistic, it's not good enough, it's not high production and it's not all of this stuff, right? It's like, oh, fuck that like. Fuck that. Like, I don't have time. And so I don't need things to happen for me overnight. But like, I'm going to do what I want to do every day.
1: First off, stuff, I just wanted to say, you know, how incredible, you know, I'm sure your dad was even just, you know, listening to him in y'all's conversation. Clearly, he was extremely proud of you, and I'm glad he got to, you know, say that to you, you know, um, explicitly. I think that was a, a really beautiful moment from the episode. And I know the year anniversary of his passing was, you know, a couple of months ago in August. So, you know, I really hope you got to, you know, kind of celebrate the life that he lived in a meaningful way. And I'm sure, you know, you had some, you know, really deep reflections, you know, during that time. You talk about this idea of, you know, seeing your dad, you know, pass away slowly and, you know, you being home and taking care of him during that time, it really woke you up. I think there are a lot of people who are currently dealing with the same insecurities or fears that you just mentioned, and those are all holding them back. What advice would you have for them?
0: Oh, um, My, the first thing is that it is exactly as hard as you feel like it is. Like not, not as, not as in like, oh, it's your job to make it feel less hard. I mean like, no, if it feels completely like debilitating, like you have to like wage a war to get yourself to do like the smallest tiny thing or you know post a picture or like wash a dish or like whatever it like if you feel like you have to fight a battle to do the tiniest thing yes it is that hard you are not crazy it's like the most complicated web of you know darkness that can spread itself over your brain um and that's real that's fucking real um but Because, like the acknowledgement of how hard it is, and the acknowledgement of feeling like you are so far away from where you want to be, and like it's you're stuck in molasses or it's cement, like it's just slowing you down and holding you. The the acknowledgement that that is real and that is true and that it really is that hard is what gives you the permission
2: to begin.
1: I think that permission to begin is so important because without acknowledging the reality of how difficult it is, we then invalidate ourselves and look at other people and say, you know, they're doing it. So, you know, why can't I? Like, what's wrong with me? And, you know, this idea of, nothing's wrong with you and what you're experiencing is exactly what you think you're experiencing. And, you know, there's no, you know, fantasy or what ifs about it um, is really freeing and sounds like when you experience that moment um, that kind of broke you from the chains that you were experiencing Um, and really getting to shine that light, you know, from the vessel that broke within you, you know, with everyone. So I think that is incredible. How do you want to honor, you know, the life that your dad lived?
2: Oh. Um, I think that I
0: want to honor him by carrying him on in what I do. So it's really important to me to act from a place of the values that I feel were most central to him and that are by consequence, most central to me.
1: I think it's, you know, emotional to kind of think about, you know, the people that, you know, have passed, you know, in our lives and the influence and sacrifices that they've made for us, because, you know, by living through those values that you said, it can be, you know, the best way to kind of honor the memory and, you know, time that they've, you know, poured into us. And ultimately, you know, the biggest lesson that, you know, I've learned, you know, on that front is, you know, continue to pass it on in whatever way we can, um, because we don't lose anything from doing so.
0: Yeah, I, I also will say that I think that, um, you know what I was saying about like the light earlier? Yes. Like that is my dad. Mm. Like the light is in everybody. And so sometimes I feel like, even though in an earthly sense, this is kind of going to get a little spiritual, but even though in an earthly sense, my dad was my dad, I guess i believe and i feel that when i get to a moment where i am able to reach that light in another person it's like sometimes i i get it and i feel him and i'm like oh that's my dad in lucia my friend in this person that i just talked to and you know or th- the same sort of values or it's like this essence and it's like you touch it, and it's like, oh yeah, there you are, you know.
1: I think the really impactful thing about getting to do that for someone else is sometimes that person doesn't even realize that that light exists, you know, within them. And by shining a light on their light, it's this incredible moment where they're like, I didn't even know that existed. I think a, a really beautiful example I've heard of that recently was one of the uh, front desk staff at the gym I used to go to. So he really wants to do stand up comedy, but you know he hasn't been able to, you know, take the leap and finally put himself on stage to do so. And my friend, you know, had this incredible idea to, you know, Facetime one of his friends actually out in LA, who's one of like the biggest comedy influencers out there, and he's like. Had them have a conversation with each other, and you know, he gave him a pep talk of like, "Hey, bro, like, I was in your exact spots, you know, five or ten years ago, and I know how it feels, you know, not to take that first leap to, you know, put yourself and be vulnerable and be bad out there." And I just wanted to let you know, like, you can do it. And you know, a, a week later, um, that front desk staff, you know, booked his first, you know, gig, and you know, I'm hoping that it's like to the races after that, and. I think, you know, being with ourselves so much because we're with ourselves 24-7, we can sometimes lose sight of, you know, that vessel. And sometimes it just takes someone else to see that in us for us to be like, wait, like that was there all along? Like, how crazy is that? And, you know, Steph, for you, what has been a moment where you feel like you really did that for someone else? And what was that conversation like? And I know it feels weird to say like, oh man, like I touched this person, you know, so hardcore this one time, you know, but uh, I'm sure something sticks out.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, first of all, that's a really beautiful story that you just told that like really touched me. Um, um, I think it's like, you know, little things like my friend, Just told me a couple weeks ago that when she um, came to visit me here and she saw me being a psycho with my camera (laughs) um, and graciously endured it, um, she got home and she told me a couple weeks ago that um, she that it really inspired her and she's going to look into buying a camera. She's going to buy a camera. Um, and mm. that really like touched me or, you know, sometimes it'll happen with like a recipe or something. It's like you cook something for someone and then, oh, I went home and I made the, you know, it's just like, oh, that's so, that's so sweet. And that, but that friend that I mentioned with the camera, she's somebody that's done that for me also. So that was really mm. cool to see it kind of like return, like, wow, that's so, Yeah.
1: it's crazy the direct impact we can have on people indirectly by just living in a way that is true and authentic to ourselves and people see that and get inspired by it and it's crazy because you know sometimes there can be like imposter syndrome when we hear that that happens you know it's like man you really inspired me to do this and then you know my reaction if i hear that from someone is wait really like who am I to inspire anyone? Like I'm just doing, you know, what uh, I feel compelled to do, you know, um, to, you know, kind of, you know, honor that light that I feel like I've been given. And so when you kind of think about the space that you're in now, Steph, who are people that have kind of really cultivated that light for you? um in kind of, you know, what you're doing now. You know, I know you mentioned your dad was a big influence, uh your friend um as well, but would love to hear, you know, if there are uh, any other parties involved.
0: Oh my gosh, yes. Um uh this is going to sound funny, but um Lady Please. Gaga.
1: <laughs> okay, let's go. <laughs> love Gaga.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, but really though. Um, and I, there are like, I, I can think of the people that, um, like Liz Gilbert, who
1: that sounds familiar. Who is that again? Can you jog my memory?
0: She wrote Eat, Pray, Love, but that's not my favorite book of hers. Um, (laughs) like, is it the
1: book that she wrote about creativity? Your favorite?
0: Yes. You know it. Yes. Everyone should read it. Everyone (laughs) who has a pulse should read that book. (laughs) Magic. Yes. Um, and yeah, I mean, I could, I could keep naming people, but
1: yeah, let's talk about those two, you know, so, you know, when I think about, you know, Lady Gaga, or Elizabeth Gilbert, and, you know, anytime, you know, someone inspires us, or, you know, we're able to get something from them, uh, what have you specifically got from them, you know, that inspires you, Steph?
0: Well, with Lady Gaga, something that really kind of Took my breath away with her is mm. when she first started doing music, you know, that you have a an idea that you think of when you think of her. And before she started expanding into jazz and, you know, classic and all this like other stuff, she was this sort of like electro pop superstar, like making music for the masses. And at some point, I discovered this archive of you know, videos when she had black hair and was Stephanie Germanotta, 19, performing at open mics in New York City. And, um, and I watched her as a, she, you know, she's a classically trained pianist. And I see her, you know, with her original songs, with the piano chops, doing fully acoustic music. And when I, when I came across that, I was also doing music. And what really kind of just hit me in the gut when I discovered it was, oh, oh my God. Like she, she took what she was doing and she sacrificed. She, she kept the integrity and the spirit of her art, but put it in a wrapping paper that would be able to reach people. And she sacrificed being holistically understood uh, for a period of time, in order to do that, and I think you have to do that as an artist that never really goes away because you're never going to be like fully holistically seen by by people. But that was just shocking to me, and sort of like, oh my god, here you have this vastly intelligent, multi dimensional, like you know, classically trained like person and she is um letting herself like she she knows that she's not going to be fully seen in this lens that she's chosen and that's okay and then as her career has unfolded she's you know let more and more colors and 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 uh sides of her come into the light but that really like inspired me
1: i think you touch on a theme that we we're talking about earlier, which was, you know, kind of, you know, cages or limits that we can put ourselves in. And so this idea of, you know, needing to make things that are holistically understood by everyone is a cage. And the moment that Lady Gaga broke out of that cage, you know, to your point is when, you know, she really started creating, you know, some of her most beautiful work. And if I think about. That transition for a kind of a before and after, you know, for you, Steph, what does that look like?
0: Before and after what?
1: Before you had this kind of need to be like holistically understood and, you know, the ability to kind of break out of that and realize that you'll never be able to please everyone.
0: Mm. Um, It's something that I still struggle with and will probably always struggle with. But I think what's helped me, um, let it go a little is um, is actually has a lot to do with the format that I've chosen. I think that I really had a hard time with the pace of release in music, because how long you know you you take a couple years and you make an album of twelve songs. You know what I mean? Which is like amazing. And you can say so many things and put so many things out. And, and, you know, for many musicians, like that is how they feel fully seen. But I think that the short form content, and I'm sure I'll expand in a longer form at some point, satisfies Mm -hmm. this need in me to create at a higher volume. And that helps me like feel connected to the truth that this video is not all of me. Like I'm going to put this out and guess what I'm going to do tomorrow? I'm going to put another one out. And if people hate that, I'm going to put another one out in a cup. you know what I mean? It's just like, it's so fast. And I get to put so much out that it's like, A, it's constantly being refreshed. And B, it's going to be, there's going to be such a huge archive and catalog of it that I actually feel more comfortable that no one person will ever be able to watch all of it. Because it's like, yeah, there's too much for you to to physically digest. And that's exactly like in line with how it is to be a person.
1: <laughs> uh, except me when I just watched every single one of your videos. <laughs> 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 I still need to go through uh, your beginning days of TikTok though. Um, but uh, Steph, can I just say um, how awesome it has been to kind of hear how much you've grown on you know all fronts, especially as it relates to putting ourselves out there and having the vulnerability, you know, to be seen, even if it's in a quote unquote, you know, bad way. Yeah. I I think that's really special. You know, um, as we, you know, kind of um, wrap up stuff, you know, uh, would love to just, you know, ask you, you know, one of the questions that I think I've seen on your page, you know? Uh, And so uh, that is, what is the best compliment you've ever received?
0: Oh, oh my God. Um,
2: I think that
0: what comes to mind is something my Italian professor said to me. Oh, nice which was, you're a doer. You say that you want to do something and then you make it happen, which does not sound like a flashy uh, or verbose compliment because it isn't. But I think that it sticks out to me as the best compliment I've ever received because it spoke to my personal journey and growth at that time, which was like, when I think about integrity, I think about bridging the gap between what you say and what you do. And that I've really wanted to become somebody who can be trusted and relied upon and follows through and lives what they believe. So that's why it meant so much to me.
1: That's a really special story. And, you know, kind of as we wrap up the episode, um, I'll I'll tell you why that's so relevant uh, after. But um, Steph, just wanted to say uh, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and really enjoyed the conversation.
0: Thank you for having me. I really appreciate you reaching out and I'm so glad we got to do this.